Well, you know what it's like. Someone says, do you know so-and-so? And you say, oh, yes. But you don't really know them at all. It's maybe somebody you see in church and out in the supermarket. You think you know them. You know who they mean when they say the name, but you don't really know them. You don't really know someone unless you spend a bit of time with them. Well, as Christians, we are in partnership with God. Isn't that an awesome thought? But this is what God invites us into when he calls us to follow him. He invites us and calls us to be his companions, to be a partner in his business, the kingdom business. He even invites us to dance with him. I'm sure God does a lot of dancing. So we need to spend time to get to know God better. To get to know him as best as we possibly can. I know we'll never know him fully this side of heaven. But we have to try as best we can. God called all sorts of people to partner him, didn't he? And he still does. The Bible is full of the stories of people that he invited to follow him. And today we're concentrating on Martha and Mary. A story we know so well. It's a story about Jesus breaking down barriers. And Luke tells this story just after he told the story or retold the story of Jesus and the Good Samaritan. That was illustrating how the barriers between Jews and Gentiles were to be redrawn. And Jesus now redraws the boundaries between men and women and boys and girls. Just the way Paul said, there was no Jew, no Greek, no slave, no free, no man, no woman. We are all one in Christ Jesus. We all have a place in Jesus. In some ways, it's a little bit hard for us to understand this story about Mary and Martha because we're in a different time in a very, very different culture. On the face of it, it would probably seem quite normal to us. But what happened was very, very different and it was unheard of almost in Jesus' earthly days. A woman sitting, listening to a man just like Mary was. Jesus was known as a rabbi. A rabbi is a teacher. And sitting at the feet of a rabbi was a man's role. One of the roles of a rabbi was to teach the boys in the local synagogue. There wasn't schools like we know. And it was only for boys. Girls didn't go to school. So the boys would go along to the synagogue and be taught by the rabbi. They would start at the age of six. And they started by learning the first five books of the Bible off by heart. That just, oh. I, you know, if I tried to learn two verses of a psalm, I would struggle. But that was what they started with, the first five books that they called Torah, which seemingly simply means way. They believed Torah was the way, the truth, and the life. Someone else said that, didn't they? So little boys went to school at six and began their education. 
And by the time they were ten, they would have memorized those five books. It's absolutely amazing, isn't it? And then there was the, the first Satsheva. They were sorted out. The ones that went on would go on probably till they were about 14. Those who didn't go on, those who hadn't made the grade, would go back and learn the family business. Now that made me wonder about the fishermen that Jesus chose to go with him. Had they not made the grade because they'd gone back to be fishermen? But Jesus still chose them. He didn't take so much notice of what they were doing as how he could see what they could become. The beings that they would be. So, back to the education, the very bright ones would go on and they would apply to a rabbi of their choosing to learn from him to be a sort of apprentice, to sit at his feet and learn, so that one day as they reached maturity, they would become just like their chosen rabbi and become a rabbi themselves. Now I think probably an awful lot of this was, would be in Martha's mind. No wonder she was in such a state about her sister. The real problem, you see, was that Mary was behaving like a man. She was in the wrong place. She should have been in the kitchen. But not like we, you know, would say, oh, woman's place is in the kitchen. That wasn't really what they were saying. It was just common Jewish custom. She shouldn't have been there. They had definite areas of the house for men and women. The public room was where the men met. They probably had the lounge. The men had the lounge. The kitchen in the other areas, not seen by outsiders, that's where the women were. The only place that they would be together would be in their own bedroom or outside where the children played. That was the only places you would find them mixing. So for Mary to settle down comfortably there with the men was something quite scandalous. Hadn't anything really to do with inferiority or superiority. It was just the way that things were. Just the way things were done. Or in Mary's case, the way things were not done. And this was the main thing that was getting Martha in such a state. Mary, there she was, behaving so badly. She was in the wrong place. She'd crossed this invisible boundary. It was a very important boundary to them. But her need to be with Jesus was just so great. But this sort of behavior would bring disgrace on the family. It went as far as the thought, would any man want to marry her after this? Not that sitting at the feet of Jesus meant an adoring, gazing posture. Remember, Paul had sat at the feet of Gamaliel, we're told that in Acts 22. This expression, sitting at the feet of Jesus, was all about listening and learning. However, Martha probably just wanted to get her out of there as quickly as possible. She wasn't just cross with her sister. I think she was probably very embarrassed. 
So we've got Mary throwing off all conventional behaviour because she recognises that Jesus can teach her about the way, the truth and the life. In fact, she recognises that he is the way, the truth and the life in the person of Jesus. She wanted to get to know him better and that meant spending time with him. To her, this was far more important than anything else. Now aren't there a lot of cooking programmes on the television just now? There's Master Chef, the Celebrity Chef. There used to be a chef on a Saturday morning. I don't know whether that's still on. One of the things that they talked about quite a bit was marinating meat, soaking meat, left in the liquid to become tender. The results are so much better after it has been marinated. That got me thinking, would soaking in the presence of Jesus make our results better? I think it probably would. We have a daily challenge that's to do with either being or doing. Some of us are better at being and others better at doing. Some of us make really fantastic Marthas and others very good Marys and I'm not just talking about the ladies here men are included how do you see yourselves are you a Martha or are you a Mary I must confess I find it much easier to be a Martha I would love to be more of a Mary to get to know the Lord better by the way that's one of the one of the ideas of the Ignite course not to get to know more about Jesus but to get to know him better the Lord keeps speaking to me about this as I say I'm, I find it much easier to be a Martha and I think he keeps telling me to sit down shut up and listen so this is for me this morning probably more than it's for any of you maybe you feel you're a mixture of both well I think that's probably quite a good thing to be because you sit and listen and then you get up and do what the Lord tells you to do that's our aim isn't it do we have deep inside us the thought that if we do more maybe God might love us more Oh, in our heads, we know that there's nothing we can do that will make God love us more than he already does, or love us any less if we're not busy enough. But sometimes we get so conditioned by the feeling that we've got to be busy that the time spent just sitting with the Lord can so easily get squeezed out. Yes, there are things that God asks us to do, places he wants us to be, where he's working we said that he wants us to be a partner with him but how are we going to know about the things he wants us to do and the places he wants us to be if we don't spend time with him getting to know him better and listening to what he's saying we need to hear his ideas listening carefully to what he's saying because we can so easily get carried along with our own ideas, can't we? Or they may be 
fantastic ideas nothing wrong with them but if they're not God's ideas and plans done in his time then that's when we get a bit weary and disheartened isn't it we lose the desire and ability to function as we're intended to because we get bogged down maybe just we're trying to do something too quickly we're not waiting for his time God's plan for us isn't to get weary and tired he doesn't want us to burn ourselves out in an attempt to please him he just wants us to rest in him regain our strength by time spent with him he just loves us to be with him what earthly father doesn't love to spend time quietly with their children and while God doesn't force us into his presence we at times have to make a conscious effort to spend time in his presence I've got a quote from a man called Mark Birch Macon in a book called Speakers of Life and he says it's in his presence where we belong the father's presence is ours by right we don't rent it we don't have to pay a mortgage on it Jesus has paid for it in full and the legal documents are signed in his blood the Lord enjoys us in his presence even more than we enjoy it I said at the beginning that we are in partnership with God maybe he's asking you to partner him in something that you think is too big for you but God knows it inside out he knows what you alone can cope with but he also has plans for you and knows what you and he together can do he knows our strengths and our weaknesses and he goes ahead of us preparing the way and he promises never to leave us 